Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. It is time now for Eco Money when we bring you the latest in sustainability and finance. And a new report from City has revealed that more clients are embracing different areas of finance to meet their environmental, social and governance goals. That's the ESG goals. Uh, the report included views from large investment firms such as BlackRock and Manulife Investment Management in Asia. The majority of the respondents held senior level positions in their firms, such as chairman, president, CEO, or senior vice president. Interestingly, the results revealed that 54% of the respondents already have ESG policies and practices integrated into their organization's corporate strategy, while close to 90% of the remaining respondents intend to roll out ESG policies and practices within the next five years. To find out more about the findings and what they mean. We're joined now by Jean Ang and she's the Managing Director City APAC Markets Investor Sales and Co-Chair of City Singapore ESG Task Force. Jean, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you, Rachel, for having me here. It's absolutely our pleasure. So let's start off and take a look at the numbers. 54% of those surveyed um, already have ESG policies in place, a sign of the times on the back of COVID-19. Perhaps you can tell us, though, what do you think is the key driving force here? Yes, I would attribute to these three main driving forces. First, the pandemic second, regulatory forces, and third, investment demand. Mm. The pandemic is really a stark reminder that without healthy people, without a healthy planet, there will not be a healthy economy. So previously, incorporating the ESG agenda into the overall corporate strategy may have meant just checking the box. But with COVID-19 presenting a lot of new challenges, aggravating existing problems, and offering a glimpse of an alternative future if we continue to keep a lid on carbon emissions levels. ESG issues that previously were on the back burner are now in a spotlight and hence it is not a surprise that over two-thirds of our respondents attributed COVID-19 as the driving force of ESG policies and practices in their firms. Second, the regulatory forces, I think, you know, we have all noticed in the last few years, governments and regulators across the world Mm -hmm. have been taking active steps to rebuild their economies in a more sustainable way. Um, Just back home in Singapore earlier this year, our government has launched the Singapore Green Plan 2030, setting out a roadmap towards sustainable development, a green economy and a path to net zero emissions. And in the finance industry, MAS has also recently issued the guidelines on environmental risk management for banks, insurers, as well as asset managers. And these are focused on enhancing mm-hmm. their resilience to and management of environmental risk and also at the same time to enhance the role of Singapore's financial sector in supporting the transition to an environmentally sustainable economy. And the third is what I term as investment demand. Mm. If you look at ESG assets under management, that has surpassed $35 trillion, up from $30 trillion in 2018 to become a third of the total global assets under management. And various estimates suggest that this will reach or exceed $50 trillion by 2025. And... The rise of ESG assets will put more pressure on ESG practices by corporates to conduct their business more sustainably. 
And Gee. I would summarize yeah. that uh, regulators, global capitals, founders, consumers are all now tackling ESG issues um, and much more seriously than ever before. Okay, Jane, others have highlighted that they adopted such standards because of access to funding dedicated to ESG projects, though. So can you talk us about the role that financial institutions play in uh, driving climate uh, conversations and industry evolution? Certainly. By choosing how they target their financing, what to invest in, and in which solutions they develop, financial institutions can play a leading role in accelerating this transition towards a sustainable economy. One often underestimated the uh, deep interconnectivity of issues Mm. such as climate change, biodiversity loss, and global supply chains. And more importantly, regulators are recognizing this as an example Sarah Breeden, Bank of England sponsor for climate change work, rightly said, our economy and financial system, with the right support, should eventually recover from COVID-19. In contrast, climate change left unchecked will lead to irreversible harm for generations to come. And for corporates, being green also helps in their cost of funding. What we term as the green premium refers to the pricing advantage offered to corporate issuers of green bonds over conventional issuance. And over time, we have observed that green, social, and sustainability bonds can achieve a pricing benefit due to higher degree of oversubscriptions and at times better executions in difficult markets. And I would surmise by saying finance is key to unlocking a sustainable future. And as with most important changes, this is not just a question of compliance. I will point out that the power further lies with consumers who have the choice to choose products and services and avoid companies with a poor ESG reputation. We're speaking with Jean Ang, Managing Director, City APAC, Markets Investor Sales and Co-Chair of City Singapore ESG Task Force. And Jean, as the Co-Chair of City Singapore ESG Task Force, it's such an interesting time for you with all of this change happening in the market because we really are at a pivotal point for ESG finance, aren't we? And I think earlier this year, City committed was it one trillion US dollars to sustainable finance by 2030. So I've got to ask you, what does this shift mean for large banks such as City, And how is your approach to projects and clients really changing? I mean, you, sp- you speak earlier about uh, clients in the past perhaps just ticking boxes. But what has this really meant for you and City? Yes, uh, thank you, Rachel, for pointing that out. Indeed, City has established track record of engagement and leadership in sustainability for over 20 years. We first published our uh, Global Citizenship Report in 2000, and in 2014, we launched our first sustainable progress strategy and set a 10-year goal to finance and facilitate 100 billion US dollar in environmental activities. We met and exceeded this goal, reaching a total of 164 billion in environmental finance facility four years earlier in 2019. And building on this momentum, and in April this year, we announced our commitment of one trillion to sustainable finance by 2030. Through our new strategy, we aim to become the global leader here, the advisor, the partner, and more importantly, the accelerator in financing the transition to a more sustainable economy. So, Gene, going forward, how will climate impact uh, investors around the world? 
Well, I would say that in recent times, the world is witnessing numerous extreme weather events. Mm-hmm. For example, the, re- the deadly flooding in Germany and closer to Asia in China, where the capital of Henan received more rainfalls in four days than it would do in any average years. Right. Some Chinese scientists are calling this once in 5,000 year event. The frequency and scale of such extreme weather events meant that we can no longer say these are acts of God. Hence, looking ahead, regulators, consumers and investors will put even more pressure on corporates to address climate risk. And I think the conversations will likely shift from climate mitigation to climate resilience. To this end, investors will have to understand what is climate risk, which usually is segregated into what we term as physical risk and transition risk. That's such an important point as well. These green swan events are no longer, it's not just a case of waiting for these green green swan events to happen. They're happening on a daily basis. So, um, you know, it's vital to see how industry interconnectedness can make a difference there. Well, Jean, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us this evening. It is my great pleasure to be here. And thank you, Rachel. And hope we'll do all do well in our investment by doing good. Have a good evening, all. Have a good evening to you. Gene Ang there is with City APEC Markets Investor Sales and Co-Chair of City Singapore ESG Task Force. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.